0: Episode 55. We are back with All Access USL. Back, of course, from a little holiday break. Got to do some pretty fun things uh, since the last time I spoke to you guys, last time I got an episode for you guys. Um, Let's see. Where do we even start? You know, I think the last. Oh, gosh. I think the last episode that was out was late December. It was definitely before Christmas. Um, but, you know, I was able to take a trip to Colorado. That was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, wasn't able to go down and see Widener Field um, in Colorado Springs. That will, that will be something that I hopefully get to. But, you know, just spent a lot of good time uh, winding down, letting things play out in the USL world. Um, so that we would have, we'd have a lot to go through for today, but, you know, I hope everybody who is listening had, you know, a happy holiday season, a Merry Christmas, all that good stuff. And, you know, now that we're, it's, it's crazy that that is all over and we are now moving into a new year. Of course, a new year means a new season. We've already had some teams in particular, Phoenix released their um, preseason schedule. Uh, I'm not necessarily in the business of going over those yet because it's just them that have really come out and a couple MLS teams. So we're going to wait in that regard. But yeah, you know, just just happy to be back. Um, not really sure how to go about this. It's always weird going in that transitional period uh, of the holiday season, um, especially when you are just here by yourself, but you know, that's just how it is, so I guess we can jump right into things a little bit, um, I did say I was going to put, or describe, kind of, say what my plans were for the socials now, so for X or Twitter, I'm going to call it Twitter because all that X BS is not for me, I'm sorry, I don't care, I'm calling it Twitter, um, Twitter will mostly be mainly the news um, stuff that I would usually do from Instagram, you know, announcing transfers, all that good stuff. Instagram is mainly going to be for, like, episode releases and big news, you know, big transfers, anything breaking, stuff like that, that should be on Instagram. I'm not going to post for everything uh, on Instagram, but I will post for, like, every transfer that I am able to spot in a reasonable amount of time, because if I'm, like... A day late for a move, you know, that's like a youth player um, for a side. I probably won't put it out there or like just because I wasn't able to see it or whatnot. But because this is all me. I am the main man who runs everything for all access USL. Um, So that is how it will be for uh, Twitter and Instagram. So, yeah, just really what you guys can uh, expect from that. Going forward, so um, in the world of the USL Championship, it has been pretty, I would say, hectic. We're getting into that period right now where there's four or five, I would say, big transfers um, a day, and it's pretty remarkable that we've come into this period of um, of the league where that is the case because i know in like 2019 2020 um it was pretty bare bones players going or teams going after players i should say and just being able to make the science they want but now it feels like teams actually have the resources actually have the capabilities to round out the teams that they want actually get depth that they want um so that is it's remarkable it's remarkable how the uh, league is moving forward, and it, it feels like it's moving forward—not even like on a year-by-year basis, like you would expect from a, you know, a league that is still, I would say, in like it's getting its first steps in. This league, we still have a long way to go. The USL still has a long way to go, um, but we are getting there at a quick pace, and it has been beautiful uh, to to watch, and this. Uh, transfer period just kind of hits that home. I would have to say, um, from from what we want to see going forward. So another part of the league moving forward, like it has, is that we have coaches and players who get considerably more valuable um, and desired. And for three coaches, that seems to be the case more so than anything. And Let me be clear here is that the one one is Juan Guerra, and he is, of course, that is an obvious um, pickup for a team. For him, it is the Houston Dynamo coming after him, looking to put him in an assistant coach role um, that Brendan Burke, of course, left to head to the Hartford Athletic and kind of hit their... Hit on their rebuild stage because they have need they have needed this rebuild for a long time. You know they get a new um, president of whatever it was who has been, gosh, what is, what even is that title, that they brought in. Either way, big front office move, and then they bring in Brendan Burke, uh, and that is that was the start to it. And then you see all the players that they're bringing in. So. Hartford have got what they needed, but that means Houston lose something important to them. You know, of course, they won the U.S. Open Cup this year. They had a really good year after a couple down years. And now they're looking towards Juan Guerra to fill that assistant coach role. Now, what that means necessarily for Phoenix and for Juan Guerra, I'm not sure. So far, I do not think Juan Guerra is in the ballpark of accepting it. I think because there's this there's this conversation going around is that is an assistant coach role with an MLS team more like desirable than a head coaching role with one of the biggest franchises in the USL championship? I personally don't think so. And I don't think the money is necessarily better um, with this Houston assistant coach role than it would be in Phoenix either. So I think Juan Garris stays, but for the, for the, Argument that he does leave, or for the point that he might leave. Where does that leave Phoenix? I'm not sure because this whole team now has been built around Juan Guerra. Of course, you know, they just made a recent signing of Mo Traore, who they got permanently from LAFC. Those are the kinds of moves that Juan Guerra is able to bring in. He was fantastic this year. You know, they re signed Emil Cuello. Coelho. And then, of course, you have Darnell King, who joins. The coaching staff um, at the, at Phoenix. So that move, I think in particular, just shows that Juan Guerra is still dedicated to Phoenix. Still has his finger on the pulse, and Phoenix knows what he wants and is getting it. So I don't think he necessarily necessarily leaves. And I also don't think Phoenix have a replacement lined up uh, either, because it would be. Hard to replace Juan Guerra, And while a lot of Phoenix's success comes from how they have managed at building a good roster, it also comes from Juan Guerrero's tactics and his ability to, um, of course, do all the things that a good coach needs. Like, keep that locker room in check. There's a lot of personalities when you build a roster like Phoenix do. Um, So Juan Guerrero keeps all of that together. And I think Phoenix would... Do well to keep them till the end of the 2024 season because they have a real shot, of course, of repeating going back to back. Uh, it's always the winner of the title who are favorites going into the next season, and they have not made many additions quite yet. Um, they've done well on the coaching side, of course, like I said, but they are still favorites, they will make signings. Um, they're bringing back a lot of the players that got them to where they were last year in Motriori, in Cuello, in all those um, areas. So Phoenix, it looks like we'll keep a hold of Juan Guerra. However, for New Mexico and Tulsa, wow, my door is slamming on its own. Isn't that awesome? Um, Sorry about that. Uh, For Blair Gavin and Eric Quill at Tulsa and New Mexico, respectively, um, I am not too sure how that will go, because for context, Eric Quill and Blair Gavin both worked with Caleb Porter, most uh, specifically at the Columbus Crew when the Columbus Crew won MLS Cup. They were there in the background working with Caleb Porter. Now, Caleb Porter was, of course, fired by the Columbus Crew in 2022, um, and that was before Blair Gavin and Eric Quill got these positions. Eric Quill, I believe, moved to the New York Red Bulls and then got a position with uh new mexico united blair gavin of course got the tulsa job at the beginning of the 2023 season um so that works out in this position because caleb porter of course has just signed a contract with the new england revolution will he bring blair gavin um and eric quill again i don't think so because i think quill and Gavin have kind of gone independent. It wouldn't make sense, I mean, even for a friend and an acquaintance in Caleb Porter, who will probably win a title of some sort at New England, um, it would make sense, of course, if they wanted to go back and do that again. But Gavin in particular, Blair Gavin, has an opportunity to push Tulsa further um, this season. Specifically, because, again, in the case of Juan Guerra, he is getting the signings um, that he wants uh, out of the FC Tulsa front office. Eric Quill, on the other hand, I think could be lured away. Um, They have made a couple moves, but I think New Mexico is a bit of a sticky situation, purely because... They have a lot of players that they realistically could move on from. They have a lot of players who are the core, of course, of New Mexico United and New Mexico United history, who they still have around. Um, And of course, they've brought in Deion Harris. They've made some moves. Um, They've brought, of course, Mukwale Akale uh, from USL League One. Tormenta, of course. Uh, They've brought back Chris Weehan. But there are more moves that need to be made. New Mexico in my opinion, from what I've seen so far, are still a good bit away of being contenders. So that is where I could see uh, Quill leaving. New Mexico United is a desirable destination in the USL Championship, uh, believe it or not. They have an incredible fan base. They have a lot of support from the front office, from the owner as well, Peter Trevisani. If he were to leave, they would have no problem getting an adequate replacement. Uh, for him and building this year for Gavin should he leave but like I said I don't think he will I think it would be a lot harder because this team has been built around him and his ideology of what he wants from the team Um, so I think it would be a bit of a surprise if he left um, for New England now of course this is also just like hearsay really Uh, there is it's just minimal talk of whether this could be a thing, Um but I, I, per- I personally don't think that even if it were kind of like set in motion, that they would be leaving because I think they both have um, a lot to give for their respective club, and I think that they are getting onto that, getting into a new era of like U- U.S. soccer coaches um, in the USL championship in MLS because they will get MLS jobs here soon enough if they are able to, you know, if Blair Gavin has a a good season or two with Tulsa, I would imagine that he gets uh, an MLS gig or a gig abroad um, before long, you know, and while that's unfortunate, we want to see them stay here as long as possible. That's just the reality of how this league works. Uh, Eventually, you know, we're going to get to a point where that is uh, not quite the case. Uh, but for now, you know, that's kind of just the reality of it. Uh, and one team in particular who has not really done anything for their new coach or anything at all, uh, is Detroit to be, and to be completely honest, I feel like that should surprise me because Detroit were active last year, pretty early, um, even though it felt like going into the season, we knew that they would not be that good. Um, and, of course, they had to have been active in their inaugural season to fill out that roster. But now it kind of feels like we're at a standstill with Detroit that doesn't feel good. You know, you hit these lulls with teams where, you know, maybe they need to take a bit of, of a break from investing heavily. Or maybe they're just being a bit more methodical. But we've seen this before where teams will hit a lull and, you know, it spells the end for them. I'm not saying in any way that the end is near for Detroit. It is not even close. You know, Detroit still has a long way to go. There will be no end for Detroit. But it is concerning that they have yet to make a move with preseason and, um, you know, the season ever so close. Only like a a month or so away from preseason two-ish months away from um, the start of the USL championship season. Detroit need to make moves. They need to, because these these players will be coming into a completely different locker room now that um, Trevor James is out as head coach. Um, and they, they just, they need to start with something, you know. They need to get the um culture built with this new head coach and the new players that they want they need everything right now and they have none of it and they only have about two months to build it or it could be a disastrous 2024 season and I'm talking about the worst and and of course Detroit have only been in the league for two seasons but this could well end up being their worst year in the league should they not make um any of make any of these moves that are necessary for a team that wants to be successful uh, in the league. And then, of course, on the other spectrum, we have a team who has kind of hit that they hit that lull. Uh, I'm talking about the Oklahoma City energy, of course. Luckily for them, it seemed like things were going to taper out into them dissolving as a franchise, but that doesn't look like it will be the case. You know, we saw them. Layoff staff, we've seen the constant um, delays in when they were going to return to um, play. But it looks like things are on the up. Uh, I wasn't, their announcement was a bit convoluted. But either way, stadium negotiations in terms of a new stadium or returning to Taft look good. 2025 is a possibility. Maybe 2026 is the most realistic option. But it is good to see that the Oklahoma City Energy could be uh headed uh joining or head back or joining us again um on the field of play that would be great you know they they bring a lot it'd be great to see the rivalry with Tulsa back of course that is that's one of the best things um in the league is the rivalries oklahoma city energy brings a lot of that with Tulsa and of course it's just a great team great fans uh, great culture